Hello and welcome to Main Menu for the week of March 22nd through March 28th, 2013. I'm Chase Crispin, here to host the program this week, and this week we have a show containing a variety of content about several different technologies. First, Steve Bauer will be here with an interview with Harry Deswanim from StanScan, and the StanScan is a very new product, and it is a stand that allows you to hold an iPhone or an Android smartphone while taking a picture of a document for recognition or OCR. And this stand will allow you to get the best quality image possible so that you can get the best recognition or description of your item or text. Next, David Woodbridge from Vision Australia will be here with two demonstrations about Android smartphones. Many of you have been asking us for demonstrations of Android for quite some time, and we are very pleased to finally begin bringing you coverage of Android. First, David will explain and demonstrate some of the gestures added in the newer versions of Android that allow you to use the touchscreen with the talkback screen reader. And then David will be back to tell us how to change our speech rate and find the settings for the talkback screen reader. These demonstrations were produced for Android version 4.1 Jellybean, and we're now up to version 4.2 of Android. But the information presented here is still completely accurate, and will be relevant to anyone using an Android smartphone today. Finally, myself, Chase Crispin, will be back here with a demonstration of how to set the date and time, connect to a wireless network, and access notifications on the APH Braille Plus 18, which is an Android-powered note-taker. I did an introduction to the Braille Plus 18 here on Main Menu a few months ago, so if you're interested in this product, you may want to refer back to the archives for that demonstration. We hope you enjoy this week's program, and we are always looking forward to ideas for future shows and suggestions on what we can do better and different, so if you have any thoughts for us, please don't hesitate to get in touch, and you can find all of our contact information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. That's mainmenu.acbradio.org. Now let's go ahead and get into Steve Bauer's discussion of the new StanScan product for mobile phones. I'm Steve Bauer. We're talking with Harry Daswani from StanScan. And StanScan is a new product that has just come out. And it's very interesting. If you are blind or visually impaired, being able to get a good image of a document that you're wanting a picture of, maybe it's a a product that you want to get information from, or you need to send a, a photocopy or an image of a document to somebody, it's really difficult to get that camera in the right position and then to have it high enough to get the right image. Either you're too high or too low and the image is fuzzy and it's a real problem. But StanScan will allow you to get a good picture of an image that you need for whatever the reason being. 
Harry, tell me about StanScan. You're the, the marketing manager. How did the idea come about? And tell me about how the, how the product actually works. So we wanted to make something to make it easy to scan documents for everyone. It's just out of the the use of people don't use traditional scanners anymore. They they aren't stuck to their PCs anymore. This is a, a post PC world. You use your phone for everything, and once you have the image on your phone, you can email it, you can sh- share it, you could save it, you could upload it. Uh, there's so many possibilities to do this while you're on the go or just using your phone for almost everything. So we thought of something like this, which it's a stand which folds down and can be portably carried in your backpack. So you can take it with you wherever you go. And of course, it's easy to assemble and set up. Just takes a few seconds. That's right. Now there's a couple of different models. Tell me about the difference in the two models of the stand scan. So we have a regular stand scan, which is uh, just a box, a fold-up box, which uh, helps you scan. For this, you need uh, sufficient ambient lighting uh, to get a good image. But if you would like to keep the image uh, quality uh, perfect, you can get the stand scan Pro, which is it's got inbuilt lighting. And it can be connected, uh, powered up by either a battery or an adapter. So you get uh, the inside, the scanning surface is lit by these lights, and it gives you a, a perfect scan every time. All right. And the stand scan is designed to use with any smartphone. Is it just limited to the iPhone, or can it be used with Android or the new BlackBerry phone that's coming out? Uh, we haven't tried the new BlackBerry phone, but it can be used with the iPhone for uh, for sure and almost all models of uh, Android phones. Some questions I have seen on some lists. There was concern about the power adapter if people wanted to run them using AC current instead of batteries. And you have taken into consideration the different connection types that are needed anywhere in the world. So you offer more than one style of AC adapter, right? That's right. So uh, whether you're in the US or Europe or uh, the UK, we've got uh, the right adapter for you. So we ship automatically with the the right adapter for the country where it's being shipped to. And of course, if somebody would want either a different adapter style or additional ones, you can also provide them with that as well. Sure, yeah. If people need more information, obviously you've got a website at standscan.com. Is that the best place for people to go? Yeah, that's the best place. Uh, If they need any information that's not on the website, uh, either through the contact form or sending us an email at uh, info at stanscan.com, and I will get back to them as soon as possible. So you get to do all the dirty work, huh? That's right. (laughs) 
Well, Harry, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us about the stand scan. We have been using it and experimenting with it, scanning different items. And you and I, before we actually started recording the podcast, talked about the one thing that I was wanting to use it for, and that is providing a good image of the front and the back of checks to be deposited remotely with my bank. And so we're going to be communicating on that and seeing if we can come up with a little bit of an adjustment or modification that will allow that to be a function that the stand scan will successfully do as well. Yes, I will definitely find you a solution for that. Again, it's standscan.com for more information. And if you need an item that will help you to scan documents and get good images from your smartphone, either an iPhone or the Android phone, this device will actually make it happen and you'll get uniform, good quality with good light provided by the unit as well. So, Harry, again, thanks for checking in with us and we wish you a lot of luck with the StanScan product. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy that our product, uh, though unintentionally, but it's able to help a lot of people in a real way. And we're very happy that uh, this is the case. Now, to cover a couple of points real quickly, first of all, if you have some limited vision and are aware of the lighting that is available to your stand scan area where you put that device, then you may not need the additional uh, features of the stand scan pro, which provides the internal lighting. If you are totally blind, it would almost be essential that you get the stand scan pro so you would have the internal lighting so you know that you would get a good image. Now, there is a special special offer that StanScan has made. It's a discount code you use at checkout called V, with the capital V as in Victor, VI Phone. And when you do that during checkout, you'll get an overall 10% discount on any of the products ordered, and they'll send you the free 9-volt battery holder. What I want to do now is give you a quick demonstration of the StanScan as to how easy it is to use. It snaps together, and I say snaps because it uses little embedded magnets, so it just does snap together real easy. It's very quick to do, and when it folds down, it will go right into your computer bag or your backpack. Once the stand scan has been put together, then you place your document on the bottom part. It's uh, sort of like a box, if you will, with one side completely open. And then on the top, there's a small circle, and that's where you place your camera on your phone. So the device is assembled and sitting on my desk, and I have placed a sheet of paper. In fact, it's a letter that I need to send to a company, and we are going to take a picture of that letter. Now, I have placed the letter that I want to take a picture of in in the stand scan, and I am now placing the iPhone, I'm using an iPhone 4, on the top part of the device. Now, to make sure I've got it aligned correctly, I'm feeling on the underneath side of the top where the hole is, so I can feel that the camera is indeed exactly lined up with the hole. And I have already plugged in the the 9-volt adapter, so I've got the lights turned on, the document is laid securely inside the stand scan, and we're going to reach over and take a picture. Okay, the picture has been taken, and since I'm totally blind, I am unable to tell if it's any good or not, but I have a sighted person here, and she is looking at the document, and she is 
indicating to me that it is a good picture. So now that the picture has been taken, I can easily move this photo, this image that I have taken via the stand scan into email and send it off to the company that I need to send it to. As indicated earlier, one of the things I wanted to do was to be able to take a picture of the front and the back of a check for remote deposit. And we are still experimenting with that, trying to get it to be the correct size. If you just place the check in the stand scan under the area where the camera is, you get a good picture of it, but the bank is saying that it's a little too small. So we're looking at ways that we can maybe make a little portable stand that could just slide into the stand scan unit, and then I could place a check on that and then get a slightly larger image of the check, both, again, the front and the back required for remote deposit by the bank. This is a very interesting device. If you need to take images of documents and send them to people or to store them electronically for tax purposes or whatever the case may be, the stand scan could really save you a lot of time and hassle. Again, for further information, check out their webpage at standscan.com. That's S-T-A-N-D-S-C-A-N.com. And there's plenty of information on the webpage. And if you have further questions, send the email to Harry, and that would be info at standscan.com. Thanks for listening as we've been talking about the StanScan. It's a new product that's now available. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia, blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of Jelly Bean Android 4.1 with Explore by Touch. And in this demonstration, I'll be taking you through a brief look at some of the new gestures that you now have access to in using Explore by Touch. The way Explore by Touch used to work in the previous version of Android 4.0 Ice Cream Sandwich was basically you drag your finger around the screen. When you heard what you wanted to access, you could do a one-finger double-tap exactly on the same spot where you heard the item. In Jelly Bean Android 4.1, you can still explore the screen exactly by dragging your finger around. But now when you hear an item, you can now do a one-finger double-tap to activate that item. So, for example, I'm actually just going to touch my screen. Settings. Okay, now that's... I've just heard settings. I'm just dragging my finger around. Tap my finger off. Now I'm going to do a one-finger double-tap at the top of the screen. Settings. Lists showing 12 items. Okay, now I've just gone into settings. So down at the bottom of the screen, I'm going to find my home icon. Home. One finger double tapping at the top. Home. Home screen three. Okay, so I'm back to my home screen, which is number three. Okay, so that's the first really cool thing, that you can one finger double tap anywhere for the last spoken item, very similar to iOS. The next feature, which is also very similar to iOS, is that you can now do a one finger flick left or right to move item by item on the screen, rather than dragging your finger around to find items. So I'm going to touch towards the top of my screen again. 13.34. Okay, there's my clock. Now I'm going to do one finger flick to the right and see if I can get to settings by just doing one finger flick to the right. Skype. Chime time. Chrome. Darwin Reader. Easy Uninstaller. Twit Play. Dropbox. Camera. TuneIn Radio. Settings. 
Okay, and there's settings, and of course, if I do one finger double tap again. Settings. Lists showing 12 items. I'm into settings. So if I find the home button down the bottom again. Home. And one finger double tap, I normally just do one finger double tap in the middle. Home. Home screen 3. Okay, and of course, if I flick to the left, so let me touch the middle of the screen again. Settings. Now I'm going to flick to the left. Tunein radio. Camera. Dropbox. Twit play. Okay, I'm moving back item by item. The experience of navigating around now, much easier using Explore by Touch. Now let's say, for example, you get to an icon and you want to find out how it's spelled. So, for example, let me do one finger flick to the right. Dropbox. Okay, I'm on Dropbox. Now I might want to check how that's spelled. You can change the reading mode in Explore by Touch. And what you're basically doing is you're swiping your finger down the screen and up the screen, but you don't take your finger off. So if I do one finger, drag down and up. Read by character. Okay, read by character. Down and up again. Read by word. Down and up again. Read by paragraph. Down and up again. Default reading level. Down and up again. Read by character. Okay, and I'm back to character again. So now if I do a one finger flick to the right. Capital D, R, O, P, B, O, X. Okay, I can actually read the icon, in this case Dropbox. So one finger flick to the left. O, B, P, O, R, capital. And if I want to put myself back to default reading level, I can do a one finger flick up and down to go back to the previous level. So I do that now. Default reading level. Okay, I'm back to default reading level. So basically, again, for iOS users, that's very similar to the rotor where you do a two-finger rotate to change between character, word, and navigation. Here we have the one-finger flick down and up in one gesture to change between character, word, paragraph, or the default reading level, which is navigation. We're still on Dropbox at the moment, so if I do one-finger flick to the right now... Camera. Okay, I'm actually now Dropbox. moving... Camera. Okay, I flick to the right. That's camera. Flick to the left. Dropbox. I'm now moving by navigation, item by item, rather than where we were previously, which was character by character. Okay, so that's the new swipe down and up, or up and down gesture, to cycle around through your character word, paragraph, and default settings. Now, four very new cool gestures that I really think makes Explore by Touch extremely handy is that you now have four gestures to get access to certain spots on the screen. So let me just show you one really useful one. Let's just one finger flick down to settings. Camera. Tunein rate. Settings. Okay, one finger double tap. Okay, so we're now in settings. And of course, if I tap my finger up the top of the screen. Wi-Fi. Can I do one finger flick to the right? On checkbox. Tick. Bluetooth. On checkbox, tick. Data usage. Yeah, we're moving through item by item, of course, flicking through. But what I wanted to show you was that we now have got two ways to go back out of a screen. So if I was in a sub-screen, right, so let me go into Bluetooth. Bluetooth. One finger double tap. Bluetooth. Navigate up. Now I want to go back to the previous screen. I don't want to go back to the home screen. I just want to go back to the previous screen. If I drag my finger down and then to the left. Settings. Lists showing 12 items. I've just gone back to the previous screen, so I don't have to go and find the back button down the bottom left-hand side of the screen and double-tap it. I can just do one finger, flick down and to the left to choose the back command. If, however, I want to do the home screen function, so rather than finding the home screen button down the bottom and double-tapping once it's in focus anywhere on the screen, I can now do one finger, flick up and left. Home. Home screen 3. And I've just gone back to the home screen by doing that gesture. If I wanted to get to my notifications area, 
that's also now extremely easy now it's a one finger flick up and to the right so one finger flick up and to the right Telstra 1345 Wednesday the 10th of October 2012 system settings clear all notifications two new messages 1254 okay and of course if I had notifications in here I could actually just either drag my finger down to read them or do a one finger flick left or right to move to the previous and to the next items in my notifications area and of course, if I want to go back to my home screen, I can do a one finger flick up and to the left. Home, home screen 305. I'm back to my home screen. Now, the only thing that still happens though, if I touch my status line at the top, just my finger. Wi Fi signal full, 3G phone signal full, battery 51%, 1346. You still get the status information about your battery level, network status, etc., in one block of text. You can't zero in on any one specific part. But the new way of actually getting to the notifications area now is really fantastic with that finger flick up and to the right. And there's one more gesture which does a similar thing. That's one finger flick down and to the right. Four, re four recent apps. Is your recent apps. So again, rather than going down to the bottom finding recent apps and double tapping it once it's in focus anywhere on the screen, you can now do one finger flick down and to the right. And if I touch towards the top of the screen, of course what I could now do is go through those items item by item by either dragging my finger down the screen or do one finger flick left or right to move item by item through the screen. And of course I can now do one finger flick up and to the left. Home. Home screen three of five. So basically those four gestures are one finger flick up and to the left performs a home button function. One finger flick down to the left performs a back button function. One finger flick up and to the right performs a tapping to the notifications area. And one finger flick down and to the right takes you to your recent apps. So now that you can basically one finger flick left or right to move item by item on the screen, a one finger double tap on the screen to activate an item, you don't have to be on the icon anymore. The fact that you've now got the ability to adjust your reading mode level between character, word, paragraph and navigation. And finally, those very useful four gestures of getting access to home, back, notification and recent apps make the experience of navigating Jellybean 4.1 Android a lot easier with Explore by Touch. So that concludes this demonstration of Jellybean Android 4.1, covering most of the new gestures in Explore by Touch. If you've got any other questions about Android accessibility, please contact the Adaptive Technology Help Desk at Vision Australia on 1300 847 Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of Android Jelly Bean 4.1. In this case, on my Samsung Galaxy Nexus. And in this demonstration, I want to basically take you through changing the rate of speech that TalkBack uses, changing the language of the default Google synthesizer, and finally where you find the settings specifically for TalkBack itself. So I've currently got my Galaxy Nexus in my hand and I'm going to press the power button on the right hand side. 11.36 a.m. ringer 70%. Can I hold my finger on the screen towards the bottom? Slide right for unlock. Slide up for search. Slide left for camera. Okay, left slide for camera. Right slide to unlock. And slide up for search. I'm going to slide my finger to the right. Home. Home screen 3. Okay, now just in case you're not sure how to get to the apps, 
by just dragging a finger around the screen and finding it. Of course, with Jelly Bean, we can do a one finger flick left and right to move item by item, and then one finger double tap anywhere on the screen. So I'm going to touch the middle of the screen. Home screen three. Okay, and I'm going to flick to the right with one finger and keep flicking. 1140. Camera. Folder. Search. Voice search. Phone. People. Apps. Okay, there's apps. I'm going to one finger double tap basically in the middle of the phone screen. Home. Showing item three of five. Now, this happens to be the first screen of my app screen, so if I touch in the middle again... Maps. Okay, there's maps. If I do one finger flick to the right... Messaging. Messaging, and again... Messenger. Messenger, and so on. Now, I know that the settings icon is in the next screen, so I'm going to do a two-finger flick to the left. Apps. People. Okay, now we'll touch the middle of the screen. Talk. That's talk. That's T, so I'm going to do one finger flick to the left and keep going, flicking to the left, until I get to settings. Super Sue. Settings. There we go. One finger double tap on settings. Settings. List showing 12 items. Okay, now I could just one finger flick to the right here to go down through settings. I'm going to touch about two-thirds of the way down the screen. Doc. Okay, and then I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. Date and time. Accessibility. And there's accessibility. Again, a one finger double tap anywhere on the screen. Accessibility. List showing nine items. Okay, now the first thing I said we wanted to do is change the speech rate of talkback in this case. Now I'm going to do a one finger flick to the right to get down to text to speech to change the voice rate of the synthesizer. So one finger flick to the right and we'll keep going. Services. Talkback on. System. Large text checkbox. Not check. Power button ends call checkbox. Check. Auto rotate screen checkbox. Not check. Speak passwords checkbox. Not check. Text to speech output. Okay, that's all we want. Text-to-speech output. So one finger double tap again anywhere on the screen. Text-to-speech output. List showing five items. Okay, now I find on this particular screen it's just easy to just drag my finger down the left-hand side of the screen slowly. Preferred engine. Radio button. Checked. General. Speech rate speed at which the text is spoken. Okay, that's the speech rate. That's what we want. Now, of course, I could have also just done a one finger flick to the right to get down to that item as well. So one finger double tap. Alert speech rate cancel. List showing five items. Now I'm do one finger flick to the right. Very slow. Not checked. Very slow, which is currently unchecked. Slow. Not checked. Slow. Unchecked. Normal. Check. Normal, which is the current speed is checked. Fast. Not checked. Fast and... Very fast. Not very checked. Fast. And then one more. Cancel button. Is the cancel button come out of this dialog. So let's choose slow. So one finger flick back to the left. Very fast. Fast, not normal, checked, slow, not checked. Okay, one finger double tap, and we'll come out of it and go back to the previous screen. One finger double tap. Text to speech output, list showing five items. Okay, so if I touch towards a third of the way down the screen again. Speech rate speed at which the text is spoken. Okay, one finger double tap again. Alert speech rate cancel, list showing five items. Okay, and let's choose fast this time. Very slow, not slow, checked. Okay, we can tell slow is currently checked. Normal, not checked. Fast, not checked. Okay, one finger double tap on fast. Text to speech output, list showing five items. Okay, touch the third way down the screen again. Speech rate speed at which the text is spoken. Okay, one finger double tap. Alert speech rate cancel, list showing five items. And just to be daring, let's choose very fast. So one finger flick to the right. Very slow, slow, not normal, not fast, very fast, not checked. Okay, here we go. One finger double tap on very fast. Text to speech output, list showing five items. Okay, and a third way down the screen again. Speech rate speed at which the text is spoken. Okay, one finger double tap. Alert speech rate cancel. List showing five items. Okay, let's go back to normal. One finger flick to the right. Very slow. Not check. Slow. Not check. Normal. Not check. Text to speech output. List showing five items.
Okay, so we'll keep on that normal speech for the moment. But that's basically how you change the speech rate of the synthesizer that that talkback is currently using. Now, I want to stay in the current screen to change the language of the current synthesizer from United States to the United Kingdom, which I think is a little bit clearer for my taste at least. So I'm going to touch towards the top of the screen again. Radio button, check. And then come over to the right. Preferred engine. Okay, preferred engine. Launch engine settings. Launch engine settings, which is what I want, as in launch synthesizer engine settings. One finger double tap anywhere. Settings. List showing three items. Okay, one finger flick to the right. Language sets the language-specific voice for the spoken text. That sounds good to me. Let's do one finger double tap. Alert language cancel. List showing two items. Showing items one to two of two. Okay, one finger flick to the right. English United States. Check. Okay, that's what's currently on. English United States. That's currently checked. One finger flick to the right. English United Kingdom. Not checked. English United Kingdom, which is what I want, but we'll just do one more flick to the right. Cancel button. And of course, the cancel button to come out of the dialogue. So one finger flick back to the left. English United Kingdom. Let's not checked. Let's choose United Kingdom. One finger double tap. Settings. List showing three items. Okay, and now we've actually changed the language from United States to United Kingdom. And I could go back in, in there again and check United States back on if I wanted to. But I'm actually going to leave it on United Kingdom. Now we want to go back a screen. So remember with Jelly Bean to go back, it's a one finger flick down and then to the left, all in one gesture. So down and left. Text to speech output. List showing five items. Okay, we're back on text to speech output. Okay, we need to go back again. So one finger flick down with the left. Accessibility. List showing nine items. Okay, we'll do one finger flick to the right. Services. Talk back on. Okay, we're going to talk back. One finger double tap. List showing one items. Disable. And here we want to get to the talkback settings. So I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. When talkback is on, your device provides spoken feedback to help blind and low vision users. For example, it describes what you touch, select, and activate. One finger flick to the right again. Settings. Okay, and there's the settings for talkback that I'll go into briefly. So one finger double tap. Talkback settings. List showing nine items. Showing items one to nine of 16. Okay. So showing items 1 to 9 of 16. So if I do one finger flick to the right. When to speak. That's a heading. And then the items. Speech volume match media volume. Ring a volume speak at all ring of volumes. And of course I'm just flicking to the right at the moment. Use pitch changes speak keyboard feedback in a lower pitched voice checkbox. Checked. Speak when screen is off checkbox. Not checked. Use proximity sensor proximity sensor silences speech checkbox. Checked. Speak caller ID checkbox. Checked. Feedback. Okay, that's the heading. Feedback. One finger flick to the right again. Vibration feedback checkbox. Checked. Okay, now when you hear that sound, if I do one finger flick to the right again. Talkback settings. Okay, as you tell, I've just wrapped around back to the top of the screen. So let me just go backwards with one finger flick to the left. Vibration feedback checkbox. Checked. Okay, so I'm on the last item. Now I'm going to do a two-finger swipe up or scroll up to scroll the screen down. Showing items 7 to 16 of 16. Okay, touch towards the top of the screen. Feedback. Okay, there's feedback. That was the heading we're on. So one finger flick to the right. Vibration feedback checkbox. Checked. Sound feedback checkbox. Checked. Sound volume match media volume. Touch exploration. Launch explore by touch tutorial. Okay, I'll come back to that one in a minute. Manage shortcut gestures. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous, another heading. Developer settings. Developer settings. Um, 
Men's are at the end. So one finger flick back to the left. Miscellaneous. Now if I try and scroll down again, we're at the bottom of the screen. And of course to start the talkback tutorial on teaching, on teaching us how to use the gestures, one finger flick back to the left. Manage shortcut gest launch explore by touch tutorial. Okay, one finger double tap. Accessibility tutorial. Grid showing 15 items. When explore by touch is turned on, you can touch the screen to learn what's under your finger. For example, the current screen contains app icons. Find one of them by touching the screen and sliding your finger around. Now I'm not going to go into this tutorial now. I'm actually going to come out of it by just doing one finger flick up and to the left, which is the home gesture for Jelly Bean and Call. So up and to the left. Home. Home screen 3. Okay, and I'm back to my home screen. And that completes this fairly quick demonstration of changing your synthesizer engine speech rate, changing the language of your default synthesizer. In my case, I went from United States to United Kingdom, and then how to find the settings for TalkBack itself on how the system will actually read information, use sounds, vibrate, and of course how to get into the tutorial on how to learn the gestures with TalkBack, in this case with Jellybean. So that concludes this demo. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Hello everyone, I'm Chase Crispin and today I am here again to provide a second part of my audio overview of the Braille Plus 18, the Android-based smartphone and note-taker from the American Printing House for the Blind. For those of you who didn't hear my first podcast on the Braille Plus 18, I introduced you to what the Braille Plus 18 is, we talked about what comes in the box, I described all of its controls, we powered it up for the first time, explored the home screen, and explored the speech and braille preferences dialogue which works as a status menu. Today's tutorial is designed to get you up and running with your device. Today we will examine setting your date and time and connecting to a wireless network so that you can begin sending and receiving email and browsing the web. We will also take a look at how you can view your various notifications from your Braille Plus 18 using the notifications area. My Braille Plus 18, as far as the voice it's using, the speech rate, etc., should be set up just like yours will be when you get it out of the box. As I said in my last podcast, the Braille Plus comes completely powered off, and it takes about 30 seconds to power on. However, most of the time, you aren't going to want to wait 30 seconds for your Braille Plus to be ready to use. It is normally in a standby state that will allow it to continue to receive emails, notifications, and be ready for you to begin to use whenever you need it. This is basically like your screen off state might be on another phone or tablet. The only thing we have to do to wake the Braille Plus 18 up and to begin using it is to tap the power button located on the left side of the device. When we tap the power button, we will hear 3.29. We hear the current time. We should be on the home screen, but just to verify that you're starting in the same spot that I am, let's press H chord to get to the home screen. You could also press the home button located above the dot four key on the braille keyboard. Home, phone, one of 13. You hear home and then phone, one of 13. Home tells us we are now on our home screen. Phone is the first application on my home screen list and might be on yours as well. And it tells us one of 13, meaning that this is the first of 13 options in this list. The first thing you'll want to do to make sure that everything is working properly on your Braille Plus 18 is to set the date and time. 
To set the date and time, you can hold down your Speech and Braille Preferences key, or the S2 key, for a couple of seconds to access the Speech and Braille Preferences dialog. Once you let up on the button... Braille and Speech Preferences. Date and time. 3.30 p.m. Sat. February 23, 2013. 1 of 9. You hear that this is 1 of 9, and it tells us the current date and time. In my case, the date and time is already correct, but if it wasn't for you, you could just press select here to type in the correct date and time. So I'm going to go ahead and press select to enter the set date and time dialog. Date and time alert. Time zone. Central time. GMT 6 colon 00. Day. 02 slash 23 slash 2013 time. 3.31 p.m. OK cancel. Central time. GMT 6 colon 00. Spinner. And this is a spinner where we can set our time zone. Mine is already set correctly to central time. It lists the current time zone, and it also gives you how it compares to GMT time, in my case, minus 6 hours. To set the correct time zone, you can press select on this spinner. Time zone alert. Central time. GMT 6 colon 00. Central time. GMT 6 colon 00. Tens of 83. There's 83 time zones here, and now we can just use our up and down arrows to explore other time zones. If we down arrow... Mexico City. G Saskatchewan. Bogota. G Eastern time. Venezuela. Atlantic time, GMT 4 colon 00, 16 of 83. And you're getting the idea of the different time zones that are here. So you would just down or up arrow, these are in alphabetical order, until you found the time zone that you live in, and then you'll press select. So I'm going to go up to central time, since that's where I live. Venezuela, Eastern time, Bogota, Saskatchewan, Mexico City, central time, GMT 6 colon 00, and there's central time, I'll press select. Date and time alert, time zone, central time. And I just paused my speech by pressing the shift key since we've heard all this. We're now back into the set date and time dialog, and we have exited the time zone spinner, or the time zone selection area. If we down arrow, we will move to the next element in the date and time dialog. Edito 2 slash 23 slash 2013 computer braille require. This field is not labeled at the moment, but this is where you insert your date. So here we have 02 slash 23 slash 2013. You would type in computer braille the correct date using two digits for the month, slash with dots 3, 4, two digits for the day, another slash, and four digits for the year. I'm not going to type in a new date since mine is already set correctly, but once you have typed in the correct date, you can just press down arrow to move to the next element in this dialog. Edit 3.31 p.m. Computer Braille required. Here is another Computer Braille field where you insert the time. Here you would type in 12-hour time, two digits for the hour, a colon, dots 1, 5, 6, two digits for the minute, and either a.m. or p.m. with no spaces in this, just two digits for the hour, colon, two digits for the minute, and then type the letters for a.m. or p.m. There's no need for letter signs, number signs, anything here, because you're typing in computer braille, so be sure to type numbers in the lower half of the cell. If we down arrow, OK button, we reach the OK button, which we can press to exit this dialog and save the date and time settings that we have just set. If I down arrow, we don't hear anything, so this is the last option in the dialog. I will press select on OK. Braille and speech preferences. Date and time, 3.31 p.m. Sat, February 23, 2013, 1 of 9. And now we have returned to the speech and braille preferences dialog, and it reads the date and time that we have just set. If you did not want to save your date and time settings, instead of pressing the OK button, you could have pressed the back key to exit without saving. In my last tutorial, we did explore the rest of the options in this dialog, so we're not going to look at this any further. So I'm going to press the back key to exit the speech and braille preferences dialog. Home, phone, 1 of 13. 
couple of notes about the date and time. You cannot rely on your Wi-Fi network to set the time for you. However, if you have a SIM card inserted, if you're using your Braille Plus 18 as a phone or for 3G data connection, your Braille Plus can automatically sync with a time server through the cell network. So if you are just using Wi-Fi, you must set the date and time manually. However, if you have a cellular data plan or a phone plan on your Braille Plus through the use of a SIM card, your date and time will automatically be set. So if you have a SIM card in your device, you don't even have to worry about going through the steps that we just did. If you're just connected to Wi-Fi, you will have to set your date and time manually. It's also worth mentioning that the Braille Plus 18 will automatically adjust its clock for daylight savings time as long as you have the unit set to use a time zone that does switch back and forth between daylight and standard time. At this time, let's go ahead and talk about how to connect to a Wi-Fi network. Many of the features of the Braille Plus 18 are dependent on Wi-Fi. You can connect to your Wi-Fi network through the settings of the Braille Plus 18. To access the settings, we could either down arrow until we found the settings option in the tools folder on the home screen, or we could simply press the menu key, the long vertical bar located to the left of the arrow keys on the Braille Plus, to enter the home screen's menu. I'm going to press the menu key. Menu. Settings. One of three. We hear settings. One of three. Now, all of the menus, specific program menus, that is, that you enter on the Braille Plus 18, like this one on the home screen, or in any other program, like in email or the word processor, the first menu you enter by pressing the menu key is always oriented horizontally. So instead of using the up and down arrows to move through menus, you would use the left and the right arrows. Since we're on number one of three, we will right arrow to move to the next option. Notifications, two of three. Which is our notifications area. And right arrow one more time would bring us to... Search, three of three. Search. If I left arrow back to settings... Notif... Settings, one of three. We can press select on it to open the settings application. Now, just a general note about these menus, sometimes you will have submenus. For example, in the word processor, there's a file menu, etc., that you will find. So those choices, once you press the menu key, again, are oriented horizontally, so you use your left and right arrow keys. Once you enter those menus and you have another submenu with more options, those are oriented vertically, so then you would use the up and down arrows. So the first menu you find after pressing the menu key is always going to be oriented horizontally, accessed with the left and the right arrows, and any submenus will be oriented vertically, accessed with the up and down arrows. So I'm going to go ahead and enter settings by pressing the select key. Settings. Wireless and networks, one of 13. There are tons of settings that you can control on the Braille Plus, everything from your network connections to display options if you're connected to a TV. There are options for setting up account settings. You can change ringtones. The settings application is going to require its own tutorial just because there are so many different options that you can change within the settings dialog. But as soon as you enter settings, the first option you find is wireless and networks, which is what we want to explore. So as soon as you press select on settings, you hear wireless and networks. You can just press select one more time to get into this area. Wireless and network settings. Airplane mode disable all wireless connections, not check. One of seven. The first option is airplane mode, and it tells you this disables all wireless connections. There are many places, airplanes, even some doctor's offices, that want you to disable use of any type of cellular or radio on your device. 
Pressing select to check this airplane mode checkbox will disable all your connections. If you're connected to a cell network, it will disable that so you can't call, place texts, etc. Turns off your Wi-Fi, turns off your Bluetooth, all of that stuff. Now, once airplane mode is on, you can actually check any of the boxes for Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. An example, a lot of airplanes now have Wi-Fi so you can have Wi-Fi on the plane. You can turn on airplane mode to disable the cellular functions of your device and then re-enable Wi-Fi. So you can still manually enable some radios when airplane mode is on, but just checking this box is going to turn everything off. If I down arrow, the next option in this screen is Wi-Fi, turn on Wi-Fi not check, two of seven. It says Wi-Fi, this is actually Wi-Fi. This checkbox will allow us to actually turn on the Wi-Fi radio. Mine is turned off, just like yours will be when you first get your Braille Plus 18. If I press select, it takes just a second, check. but you hear checked. To get the status of a checkbox, we can up arrow Airplane and then mode. down arrow. Wi-Fi check, two of seven. And now we hear Wi-Fi check. Now that we heard the Braille Plus say checked, we will actually want to tell it what our Wi-Fi network is. Every place has a different Wi-Fi network name, set up a little bit different, requiring different passwords. So we have to go tell the Braille Plus, this is the network I want, and this is the password, if you need a password, that you need to get on the network. So to get into the screen listing the available wireless networks, you can down arrow. Wi-Fi settings set up and manage wireless access points. Three of seven. This will open another dialog, and it tells you this will allow you to set up and manage wireless access points. If I press select. Wi-Fi settings. Wi-Fi scanning. Check. One of five. In here, we have the same checkbox that we just checked that will allow us to turn Wi-Fi on and off just by pressing the select key, and it says Wi-Fi scanning. It can't say connected or anything because we haven't actually told it about any of our networks yet, so it's just scanning to find any available networks. Now, depending on how your settings are configured, you might have heard it say Wi-Fi network available, which will tell you that it has found some networks that you can connect to. If I down arrow... Network notification notify me when an open network is available check. Two of seven. There's that setting that I just mentioned. This will notify you when an open network is available. So it will actually post a notification in the notification screen and actually announce it to you that there is a network available. So if you're just somewhere and you don't even want to go into the settings, you just want to know, you can look at the notifications and it'll say there's a network available and you can press select on that notification to go into it and that will allow you to connect to the network. So if you want to be notified about networks that you can connect to, you can leave this checked. If you don't want to hear these notifications, if you just know where you want Wi-Fi and where you don't and you'll connect when you need it, you're safe to just uncheck this checkbox using the select key. Unchecked. That's what I prefer, so I'm going to leave it at unchecked so it's not going to tell me when a network is available. If I down arrow, DC Crispin's network secured with WPA slash PAT2 PSK, 3 of 8. Now, this is option 3 of 8. We're DC now... Crispin's network secured with WPA slash PAT2 PSK, 3 of 9. And now another network was just added that it found. We're, this is the strongest signal network. There are other networks that are in range, and it does list connections that it remembers. But this network, which is my home network, is the strongest signal to the Braille Plus. It's the one that's going to work the best DC for Crispin's network security WPA slash and it keeps changing the signal slightly, so it's changing what it says as we sit here. But it lists this network first because it's the closest to me and it has the strongest signal. So to connect to the DC Crispin's network, which is my home network, all we have to do DC is Crispin's press network the select key, and I'm cutting off the speech when it tries to talk. 
Now, if this is an open network, you'll just press connect and it will connect. If it's a protected network like mine is here at home, DC you will have to, w. and this is just repeating because we're sitting on the network name. If you do have to enter a password, you will enter it. I am going to warn you that because of a bug that DC is going Christian to be network fixed with w. in Android on the Braille Plus, you can't actually hear what you're typing. The DC speech Christian. goes off and reads other things that are there. So you're going to hear a lot of extra speech as I type my password. So don't be afraid if your Braille display shows some other words, if your speech is saying something else, because... You're really typing in the network name. There's just some focus issues within that dialogue. So this is going to be fixed, but as of the time of this recording, this dialogue does behave a bit strange. So just ignore what's on your Braille display, ignore what the DC Braille Chris Plus is saying, and just keep typing your password. The other thing is that you'll want to make sure your device is set to computer Braille because a lot of these network keys require punctuation and numbers. So you will want to press G chord once you get into this dialogue until you hear computer Braille and then type in your network name. So I am going to press select here to connect to my network and I'll begin to type my password. DC Christian's network secured with WPA slash PSK, 3 of 10. Okay, now, for a brief second, I saw a blank edit field, or just a blank line with a cursor on my Braille display, but then it went off and starts announcing other things, and now I'm seeing the network name on my Braille display. But either way, I'm going to press the G chord, 1, DC 2, Christian's 4, network 5, secured with, with WPA space bar. Computer Braille. There's DC computer Christian's Braille, and I'm just going to type. Star, 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 star. All right. And my key should be entered. DC so Christian's network secured with WPA slash. Keep talking until we connect. So I'm going to down arrow. Unchecked show password. There's DC a box Christian's we could check if we wanted our password to be spoken out loud and shown on the Braille display instead of saying star. DC Christian's network secured with WPA slash two PSK. If I down arrow. Connect button. There's our connect button. DC Christian's network secured with W. Focus because this dialogue jumps around. Let's arrow down again. Really fast. Cancel button. There's a cancel button that will cancel what we're doing. Left connect arrow button. will get us to the connect button. Press select, DC. and it should. DC Crispin's network. Remember, DC Crispin's network obtaining IP address. DC Crispin's network connected. Three of ten. All right, now it's connected. So for, at first we heard remembered. It started to say remembered, meaning that it's going to keep this network in its memory. So where whenever I reach home, it's automatically going to connect as long as Wi-Fi is on. It then said obtaining IP address. DC Crispin's. And finally, it said connected. Now. That dialogue probably sounded a little scary in terms of how the focus jumps around. It's not as bad as it sounds. Just type your password, down arrow a couple of times, you'll see in here, connect, press select, and you'll connect. So we saw some more problems with that dialogue in the demonstration because I was just sitting there talking about what it was doing. Normally, you will hear it talk a bit, but you'll just type your password, down arrow, press select on connect, and you'll be good to go. So don't let that dialogue scare you. It's not as bad as it sounds, and you can still connect without problems. If we down arrow some more, Tealcat guest, 4 of 9. Tealcat secured with WPA slash PSK, 4 of 9. There's another network that is in range that I can't connect to because I don't have the password, but it sees that it has a signal, not as strong of a signal as my network. Tealcat so, guest, 4 of 9. So it's not at the top, but that network is in range. If we down arrow, Tealcat secured with Jesra 6 secured with WPA slash PSK, 6 of 9. Jesra 6 secured with WPA slash 8 to not in range. See, 8 to not in range. Secured with WPA slash PSK. 7 of 9. There's a network that I have been to that I've connected to, but it's not in range. So the Braille Plus is saying that it's remembered because it's not in range now, but if I ever was in range of that network again or in that place that has that network name and password, the Braille Plus would be smart enough to go connect to it without me having to re-enter the password. But in some cases, you visit a place, maybe a hotel or someone's house, that you really might not 
be planning to go to for a while. So just to clean up this list of remembered networks, you can press select on the network that is out of range but remembered like the one we're sitting on. And notice since the signal strength is not changing on this one, we're not hearing those announcements. If we press select, security WPA slash PAT2 PSK not checked. That's our security option if that changed. Forget button. And below that is a forget button, which will just delete this profile or this network from the Braille Plus. Wi-Fi settings. And if I press select, we're returned back to the Wi-Fi settings. So I just made my Braille Plus forget about that network. And now my list here is going to be smaller because it's not keeping that profile in its memory. If we down arrow, we hear... Guess not in range. Another network. Add Wi-Fi network. Eight of eight. There are times that you are at a place that, for security reasons, might not broadcast its SSID, which means it might not let devices know about the network. You won't see it in the list of available networks, even though it is actually broadcasting a signal. To connect to one of these secure networks, you would want to choose this Add Wi-Fi Network option at the bottom of the Wi-Fi Settings dialog. If I press Select on this option... Add Wi-Fi network. Network SID. Edit network SID. Computer Braille required. Network, it says SID, that's SSID, or the network name. This is exactly what's entered in the router or what the name of the network is. So you'll want to ask whoever owns the network that you're connecting to what their network is named or what your SSID is. You'll type it in here, down arrow. Open spinner. Security. Now there's another spinner, like we saw with the time zone, that allows us to choose the different security types that the network might use. The default is open, which means it doesn't have to have a password, but if you press select here to go into this dialog. Security alert. Open. Open. One of four. We have four choices. We have open. What? Two of four. WEP. WPA slash PA2PSK. Three of 802.1XEAP. Four of four. So there's different network types that the Braille Plus supports connecting to. If I press back to get out of there, Open spinner. Security. Back to the security type, which we could enter if we wanted to, if we down arrow. Save button. And if we would have selected a security type, we would have been asked for the password. We weren't. So here is a save button. And now there's nothing down if I press down arrow, but usually if there's an OK and a cancel, a yes and a no, a save and a cancel, the cancel button is located to the right of the save button. So if we press the right arrow, cancel button. there's our cancel button, which I want. So I don't have a network I'm setting up. I didn't fill in any fields. I'm just going to press select. Wi-Fi settings. Add Wi-Fi network. 8 of 8. And that just got us out of that add Wi-Fi network dialog, and it didn't even remember the information that we entered or didn't enter into that dialog. So that is how the Braille Plus works with Wi-Fi. That's basically all there is to it, turning it on and off, seeing a list of networks, adding a network, forgetting a network, and setting one up manually. So that's all we're going to look at today in terms of Wi-Fi networks. I want to return to my home screen and close the settings application. There's two ways to do this. If we wanted to return to the home screen but leave settings running, we could do that by pressing H cord or the home button. However, I don't want settings to remain open. I have no reason to leave it open in the background, so I'm going to press the back key. Wireless and network settings. We're back with to my settings general set up and wireless, wireless access points. Area. If I press back again, Settings. There's Wireless our main network. settings screen. Back one more time. Home. Phone. One of 13. Gets us back to our home screen. With GPS, for example, if you leave it open, it will continue to give you GPS announcements and monitor your location, whereas if you back out of it, it's closed. Another situation would be the word processor. If you wanted to leave it open so you could come back to an open document in your current location later, you would leave it open and just press home. If you wanted to just get out of it, you didn't need to leave your document open, you would press back to get out. So those are two ways to get out of an application and get to your home screen, depending on what you want to do. 
I talked about notifications when we were connecting to Wi-Fi, when I was saying that it will post a notification if there's a network available. The Braille Plus will announce each notification as it comes in or gets posted once, but to view a list of all notifications, we could press select on the notifications option in the home screen's menu that we saw earlier, or we can press N chord, dots 1, 3, 4, and 5 with the spacebar to get into the notifications area. Home, clear. Here's clear, which will clear any of the items listed here. To find the notifications that are in this list, you can down arrow. Update available. There is an update for Amazon App Store. Would you like to update? 10.31 a.m. I happen to have an update available for the Amazon App Store that I use to get apps. If I wanted to update, I would press select on this if we down arrow. Updates available. One update found. 10.50 a.m. There's one update found for an app. And that's all the notifications I have, and I don't really care about either of these updates at the moment. So if I just want to tell the Braille Plus I'm not going to do anything with these, get rid of them, get them out of my notifications screen, we can go up to clear. Update available. There is an update for Amazon App Store. Would you like to update? 10.31 a.m. Clear. And we can press select on clear. Home. Phone. One of 13. It clears the notifications, and it puts us back in the home screen. If we go back into the notifications screen with Encore... No notifications. We just see no notifications. So we'll press back to get out of it. Home, phone, one of 13. There are many things that can show up in your notification screen. You can see notifications for new emails. It will not post a notification for each new email you get, but you might see a notification that says 20 unread emails. You can have notifications for missed calls, system updates to the Braille Plus, unread text messages, downloads that have completed, Errors, for example, if the GPS lost connection, you might see an error. There are just so many things. Anything that the Braille Plus wants you to know about, it will put in that list. So if you don't need that large list of notifications, you can just clear it. But you will want to press end cord from anywhere on the system to check your notifications list just to see what's out there that your Braille Plus has notified you of. I think that covers it for everything that I wanted to discuss in this second Braille Plus 18 tutorial. That's going to wrap this podcast up on setting the time connecting to Wi-Fi networks, and working with notifications. If you have further questions on the operation of the Braille Plus 18, check out tech.aph.org and click on the Braille Plus 18 link that will show you the user's manual where you can find all the detailed operating instructions. That will conclude this tutorial on the Braille Plus 18. Thank you for listening. That will conclude this week's edition of ACB Radio Mainstream's Main Menu. We hope that you have enjoyed the program and that it has been helpful to you. If you have any suggestions about this or any other Main Menu program, or if you have ideas for things you would like to hear on Main Menu in the future, please get in contact with us. You can find all of our contact information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. On behalf of David Tanner and the entire Main Menu staff, I'm Chase Crispin. Have a great week, and we will see you back here on Main Menu next week.